You're listening to the Digital Learners Podcast, episode number seven. This is Ishan Chen, and you're listening to Digital Learners, the podcast focused on helping you leverage new ways of learning to build your talent stack and create a more fulfilling career. I'll share my personal journey, as well as stories from people who are challenging the status quo in how they learn, network, and shape their career. The future of work is the future of learning. You never know what you might discover if you try something new. Today's guest on the show is Connie Bolger, who I met at a workshop for Side Hustlers in Melbourne, where we were both part of the support crew. Connie was looking after event planning and logistics for the day on behalf of Ruby Lee, who I interviewed in episode three, and I was in charge of event photography and videography. We connected online afterwards, and when I was stalking Connie's LinkedIn profile, what caught my attention was that alongside her day job, which is in recruitment for roles in business intelligence, data science, and data analytics, she is also head of sponsorships for Young Coders, a nonprofit group focused on providing technology lessons to children of all ages. But that's not all. When Connie and I caught up for coffee, she shared her exciting plans for 2019 that will see her leverage her expertise in career development and her degree in international business and marketing to help organizations build talent. Today's episode will be especially relevant to those who are interested in business intelligence, data science and data analytics, where we get to hear from a recruiter's perspective but also just as relevant to those who are seeking inspiration on how you can be strategic with your personal development, leveraging your 9 to 5, as well as opportunities outside of work to build experience to land your next opportunity. Without further ado, let's get started on this episode. Hi, Connie. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. What do you do and how has curiosity led you to where you are today? Thanks, Yashan. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today um, and definitely tell you a little bit more about kind of what I do and what I've been up to. Um, So first of all, I do do a few things. Um, So I am the solutions manager at Interpro. So it's actually a digital um, recruitment agency. And my specialty there is BI and data science. Um, This has then led me to kind of run and organize a lot of their events, so kind of meetup groups. Um, Most recently I ran Girls Take the Tech Lead, and before that it was preparing for your career in data science. Um, And then probably the most recent thing that's happened is I've been appointed to the board of Young Coders Australia as head of sponsorships. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, yeah. (laughs) So very exciting and a great kind of um, initiative to be a part of. Well, you're involved in so many things, Connie. What is it that drives you to pursue all of these passions that you have? Yeah, um, yeah, there is a few things going on, Um, but definitely being a people person. So I love being around people. I love being able to kind of um, mentor them, see them develop, um, connect them. And I think that's where kind of the event focus has kind of come from. So bringing people together to talk about different topic being able to network. I just think that networking is um, so important to be able to create opportunities and also for your career. 
Thanks, Connie. I'd love to know more about how you actually got started in recruitment because I read in your LinkedIn bio that you were working and studying at the same time. So how did how did you end up in recruitment? Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, so originally my education background actually was in international business and marketing. Um, and during my degree, I actually took up the opportunity to do an internship. So that just happened to be at Talent2. Um, and that's when I worked directly um, with the director of outplacement. So I got a first-hand kind of look at the corporate life as well as the recruiting and also the outplacement side of things too. After that, I then moved into a government recruitment role while studying. Um, so during that kind of role, it was kind of coaching from like base level to executives um, on their applications. Um, interview preparation, feedback sessions, and even like physically running the assessment centers. Uh, so that gave me a very clear idea of the whole process and how it was run, but more from a kind of candidate care perspective, which was great. Um, and then I guess after uni, um, I then saw that um, Interpro um, were looking for a solutions manager. So they actually have a split model. Um, where they've got solutions managers and talent acquisition consultants, which was great for me because I really wanted to be on the client side of things. So engaging and kind of building those relationships on that side. So I went for it and here I am, landed the role, which was great. And also finished my studies last year. Now, Connie, how did you manage to balance working and studying at the same time? Yes, well, it certainly wasn't easy. I um, actually moved out of home when I was around 18 or 19, so for financial reasons I actually chose to go to full-time work, um, which was definitely a good choice, but to be honest it definitely was an extremely intense um, and at some points very difficult kind of couple of years, uh, working full-time and then studying. Um, however, I really could see the long-term benefit in it and I knew that it was just something I kind of had to finish. And to be honest, I actually would do it all again. <laughs> but however, um, this time I'd be much wiser to how I could really manage it all and still kind of stay healthy and, you know, still have a social life and um, balance it a little bit better, I think. I'd also love to know how you ended up being the head of sponsorship. Did that come about while you were studying or what was it that led you to this opportunity? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, I started running the events for Interpro. And from one of our events, which was Girls Take the Tech Lead, um, one of the speakers, uh, Kruti, she's the founder of Young Coders Australia. So we had quite a few meetings and definitely were on the page about on the same page about so many different things. Um, and of course, I offered my help and I was really behind kind of her vision and her mission with kind of Young Coders. And yeah, she kind of just one day was, yeah, I've got this thing I would like you to help me out with. And I was like, sure, go for it. What is it? She's like, I would love you to be on the board um, of Head of Sponsorships. And I, yeah, definitely couldn't refuse. And yeah, here we are. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So being in a um, business development role, that must involve a lot of pitching and influencing to bring in new business and opportunities and working within constraints. So tell us what it's like to, you know, be in a role where you have to pitch to sponsors. How do you find them and how do you get them on board? Well, when I think it comes to building any relationship, um, it definitely has to be, you know, authentic, um, genuine, and most importantly, you really kind of do need to know 
um, your audience or your client or your sponsor, um, whether it's kind of researching, doing a lot of research on them. And then definitely when you're speaking to them, um, really listen so you kind of understand their needs um, and take that on board. And I think once you've got a clearer idea of what they need or what they want, and then it becomes quite natural to be able to find solutions for them. So for me, it's more finding solutions and being able to kind of convey and display them uh, to the sponsor or the client. Um, in terms of kind of finding them, um, with the sponsors, it can be quite, I guess, organic is that they either approach us. Okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, so far, a lot of my clients actually into pro are so interested in being a part of something like Young Coders Australia because mm. it is strictly uh, not-for-profit, mm. which is great. But also it can be based on maybe some of the resources that we still really need um, mm. to kind of continue to run the workshop. So I'm putting in place a lot of structures and planning to make sure we kind of understand what those kind of resources actually look like. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of go out and have a chat and obviously understand what they'd like from the partnership um, and then put some things in place so we can kind of move forward and work together on it. That's awesome. So moving on to recruitment, in case you missed the intro, Connie specializes in recruitment for roles in business intelligence, data science and data analytics. Now, it's so nice to be able to have a friendly chat with a recruiter without the pressure of finding a job. Um, Connie, I'd really love to find out more about what are the common misperceptions out there on what people think employers are looking for um, in roles that are advertised versus what they're actually looking for? So how can someone stand out when they're looking to apply for a new job in this area? Yeah, very, very good question. Um, I think it, it still definitely can be difficult um, because every client is quite different. Um, and a few of them are still at that stage where they're kind of fixated on years of experience and things like that, but that's really changing. And I think with every client that I kind of meet and have on board is that I am trying to change that perception because when it comes down to it, you can have years of experience, but it really is kind of those interpersonal skills, your attitude, um, the energy you kind of give out, and also overall, it's the cultural fit that kind of comes with that. So I've got a few things that um, I think anyone who look, is looking for a role um, or even maybe it's to do with business could probably focus on. So first of all, I think it's very, very clear um, with all my clients is communication skills. So not just kind of the words that are being said, but the way you kind of adjust your message to your audience, but also the way how you articulate yourself and even using kind of correct body language to kind of aid the delivery of your message. Um, the other one is it seems a bit obvious, um, but putting that little bit of extra work in. So whether it's researching the company, uh, your interviewers, um, have a really good look through their LinkedIn, um, even news articles that you might have seen. And from that, prepare yourself some juicy questions to kind of ask and really would show that you've um, put a bit more thought in. Uh, another misconception that I find as well is that um, because it's a technical role, that your CV, your presentation, or your LinkedIn doesn't matter. However, your professionalism is paramount. 
So, so, like, so, you, so recruiters definitely checked LinkedIn profiles? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wonder about that. Make an update. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about body language. So I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of slouching. So I probably just adjusted myself as you were um, no, mentioning. I didn't know. So, <laughs> so, so body language, what can I do? Um, you know, what, what do I need to be mindful for, of as I'm... Um, taking part in an interview of course um so i think open body language so you have a great skill set obviously you want to be able to show it and get it across to your interviewer so yeah roll those shoulders back and kind of keep your arms and your hands open it shows that you've kind of got nothing to hide and you're willing to kind of take whatever on board they're saying Mm. and also communicate in an open way Thanks, Connie. What about CV tips? What tips do you have for um, how to write a, a good resume, cover letter, um, you know, the career summary is one that I struggle a lot as well. So what tips do you have for us? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when it comes to CVs, you do really want to keep it simple, um, making sure that the information is you know, clear, um, it's well formatted, um, definitely keeping the CV to around kind of three pages. And if you think about it, if you're kind of a recruiter or a hiring manager, and in most cases, even like a director, you're not always going to have heaps of time to read through information. So slabs of text, I would probably avoid having. So breaking it up with headings, um, dot points, anything you can do so that it's easier to read for anyone. Um, Even a few kind of uh, different visuals. So some people like, especially data scientists, love to put in like different graphs or tables. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) It's really effective. Really, really effective. Um, And it shows their skills as well, which is great. (laughs) Um, And lastly, I think for your CV or your cover letter, just include the relevant information for the role. So you don't have to include those roles you had when you were 15 or, you know, anything like that. So just keep it relevant. The other tip I have is... Continuous learning, attitude, and getting involved in your community. So why I say continuous learning is that, especially in my market, so BI and data science, nearly every consultant that comes into our office is always doing some sort of other learning outside of work. So it's completely essential um, in the data space to be kind of keeping up with trends, um, keeping yourself upskilled, and keeping in line with kind of what employers are looking for. Um, And I kind of recommend that for any industry. So if you're not kind of continuing to learn, whether it's um, formally or informally, um, you're kind of not always staying staying as relevant and up to date as you could be. Um, And that's really kind of your competitive advantage and can kind of show your um, dedication also to your role in your industry. So does that include paid as well as free training? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am definitely a fan of, you know, some of the free courses that are online. Um, Even if you learn one or two things from them, it's still kind of something you never had before. And you can always apply to your work or your business or your side hustle. And you mentioned community as well. Yes. So when it comes to community, that's a kind of back to that extra work I was talking about. So things like attending meetups, um, offering your time, your skills, mentoring, so, so important. So some of our senior data scientists or um, BI consultants, a lot of them are actually mentors to more junior or um, mid-level data scientists or BI consultants, and it's completely invaluable. So it's really kind of upskilling and inspiring, um, you know, younger generations. Mm. Um, And even those around you, I think once you've got a skill or a talent, you should definitely share it. 
um, and help someone else improve their chances in their career. Absolutely. And I interviewed someone recently where they said mentoring actually helps them sharpen their skills because the more questions that they got, then they realize that, you know, there's, you know, more to it that they need to cover off next time. So the benefits Absolutely. are two way. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Now I just have one more question, Connie, about recruitment. What about the elevator pitch? Yes, very, very important. I think one thing that I've found is when attending kind of these meetups and events, um, as actually a solutions manager, um, anyone could potentially be your client. So I definitely had to work on this myself. Um, and I do admit I did go on YouTube <laughs> yeah. and have a look at some videos. So I probably would recommend that to anyone as well yeah. is to do a bit of research, um, more to kind of see different examples of how it can be done. Mm. But when it comes to your own, um, it's all about providing um, concise information. So you might only have literally like that's 30 seconds. So you really want to tell them who you are, where you're from, uh, what you do, and basically, a, you know, a take of action. So a plan of action. So whether it's kind of, um, here's my business card, I'll give you a call, or let's catch up for a coffee, mm. or follow it up with even a question mm. type of thing. So what do you do? Is that something similar to what you're mm. interested in, or you do that type of thing? And that will um, obviously open, open up the conversation, yeah. um, or even kind of get a great outcome out of it, whether it's a coffee meeting or an intro to someone. Yeah, what about an elevator pitch in an interview situation where you have to tell your story, Yes, so I would definitely keep that one very concise as well. So when we interview candidates, we do say, tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you've kind of been up to. So the best way to kind of do that is start at the top. So obviously your role, um, a little bit about kind of the projects that you do, something about kind of the tools that you use. Um, this is obviously quite specific to kind of BI and data science. Um, and then you can even tell them a little bit more about kind of the environment that you're in, the people that you work with. Um, just don't go into specific details, still keep it a little bit more high level. So not a trip down memory lane, where you? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I have had that. I have had people being like, when I was in my 20s, I started here and then I went here. And we're like, whoa, this is going to be a long meeting. So maybe not that. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, um, being in a recruitment role, you must have worked with so many different organizations to help them find talent. Do you feel that there's a gap in understanding of how to support employees who are multi-passionate? Definitely. I think a lot of those companies that are quite traditional, um, they do think that it's just the one job that you have. You kind of work your nine to five, you're dedicated to that and that's kind of all. Um, however, I really do think that's changing. I think with, um, like you said, kind of side hustles being something that's a little bit more kind of accepted and mm. embraced, um, organizations now kind of see it as something that's actually mutually beneficial. You know, for example, um, if you've got a particular skill in maybe it's photography, like you, mm. um, when they're running an event, they could actually get you in and actually direct that. Yes. Or there might be opportunities if you kind of explain what you do out of work, they might actually give you opportunities in your role to do those. Yes. So I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like there is a few more changes like that yeah. kind of happening. Um, but I do think it's time to kind of even challenge that a bit more. So yes. have those conversations with your boss, explain what you're interested in, because I personally find is that I need to have those kind of passions and interests and projects outside of work. 
and that it actually makes me a much more kind of empowered, yes. inspired, and actually hardworking person at work. Yes. And even yeah. probably more dedicated to my job. Yes. Because you're fulfilled in that area. That's right. And yeah. I bring those skills to the workplace as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So Connie, coming back to your sponsorships role, when that opportunity came about, how did you approach that conversation with your manager at work and how did you manage their expectations on the time commitment? Because, you know, this would be, you know, during work hours potentially. Um, Yeah. So tell us about how you approach that. Of course. Well, luckily enough, I do have a manager and also our COO uh, who are quite open. So... I still knew that there could be some things around that because of yeah the time that I might need to invest in it. So I had a meeting with them definitely to be able to kind of talk them through what would be involved, um, even just tell them more about young coders and kind of mm. what they do. Mm. Um, so I did start off with kind of explaining um, my part in the in the organization, so being on the board, mm. um, and then yeah, what they kind of do. But I also really did highlight kind of the mutual. Um, benefits that they would kind of receive as well so I said that you know this still kind of um, builds up my personal brand along with Interprose yes Um, it also allows me to reach obviously with our sponsors potential clients too Mm. Um, and also it's such a great thing that Interpro could be a part of so Mm. I really wanted to make it really inclusive so Mm. I think that including your organization in what you do can be quite important so whether it is kind of inviting them to different things that you're at or you know those kinds of things so I've actually got Interpro on as a sponsor fantastic (laughs) um we'll probably be helping out with a few workshops and I really wanted to them to be a part of it too to kind of understand it um if they were happy to and yeah, they were more than happy to kind of get on board. Yeah, so what great. kind of workshops? So career development workshops? or Well, that's my idea. Yeah. Um, the workshops for young coders are actually teaching young children coding skills. Okay, yeah. But I also thought um, they're, they're learning all these coding skills, but they don't know what that's going to end up at. Mm. So I thought even some of our consultants can then maybe before workshops, after workshops, or even separately... Um, come in, tell them a little bit more about the different markets. So whether it's BI and data science or oh, okay. development, yep. what the careers look like and maybe even what they need to get there. Yes. Because these are all the things that I think when I was younger, I wasn't really told about or shown. Mm. Um, so I really wanted to kind of get them both together. And I think for those kids, they're going to have a lot more clarity in terms of their potential and where they can actually even go with these workshops and their skills. They're very lucky because I don't know that people who are employed necessarily get that direction. No, not as well. (laughs) They're very lucky kids. Very lucky. Now, just a few quick questions before we wrap up. For our listeners who may be planning their next personal development goal or career move, what's your top tip from today to help them land their next opportunity? Well, I do have a few tips, I think, um, that have been quite helpful for me and definitely what I help a lot of our consultants with. So first of all, I think networking, researching and exploring to kind of gather information about the jobs or the businesses or the types of career paths that you might be interested in. Then you can actually make a more informed decision um, on your own career. Um, Then there's step two. So writing down all your top skills, talents, your values, your interests, and your qualifications. Personally, this really helped me. I think it's a bit of a kind of mind map kind of concept, mm. and it really will understand, help you understand um, what role you'll enjoy and hopefully actually be quite good at. Number three, definitely researching some of the top companies you would like to work for. 
definitely checking out their current employees. Look for what kind of skill sets they have, what education, their employment history, and take note. So do you mean like stalking people on LinkedIn who work in that organization? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, just to kind of uh, create a picture for you of what they had to do to get there. (laughs) Um, Tip four, once you've done all this exploring, then write down your ideal lifestyle. So Ruby Lee actually talks quite a bit about this. Yes. So your ideal lifestyle, maybe the job or business, the industry, and even quite most importantly to me is even the people you want to be around and work with. Yeah. Um, now, what do you need to do to kind of achieve these? So this is where you need to kind of identify those hard and soft skills, maybe some of the gaps that you currently have, maybe the education that you need, the experiences you need to expose yourself, or it could even be the resources and support that you'll need to kind of create this lifestyle or job or business that you kind of want in the future. And I guess finally, number six, then you start creating opportunities for yourself. So it's where you can actually learn the new skills, um, where you can obtain those experiences, where you can meet the right people, and most importantly, start building your network that might be needed to achieve these goals. And every day, I think my focus as well is just to do one thing that works towards your career goals. Yes, yeah. <laughs> one thing. So speaking of um, networking, what are the some of the, I guess, places that people can read up on uh, and find out where these events are being held? Where, where should people be looking? Definitely. Um, well, I think a great place definitely is Meetup. So meetup.com has so many different types of meetups and groups out there. All you need to do is kind of make an account, sign up and kind of follow their events. Mm. And pretty much nearly all of them are free. Mm. So you just click attend. Um, Sometimes there might be an event bright section. So make sure you click on that too. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, you can kind of just rock up and be around kind of like-minded people. Um, I've also found that LinkedIn. So LinkedIn still has a lot of, um, I guess, events that are posted. If you are following different companies or different industries, um, and then, yeah, sign yourself up, kind of go along and, yeah, see who you meet. Yeah, I actually found out at an event through your Instagram, so... <laughs> Stalking me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, now, and finally, where can people connect with you online and find out more about the work that you do? Absolutely. So at the moment, I'm probably most active on my LinkedIn as well as my Instagram. So my LinkedIn is just Connie Bolger and my Instagram is just Connie underscore Bolger. I mean, I will have a few more resources coming up in 2019. So I'll be releasing those and keeping you updated on both of those platforms. Now, without revealing too many spoilers about your plans next year, can you give us an idea of what you have planned for 2019? Of course. Well, my focus is for 2019 to be involved in a lot more events, um, but also running and facilitating a lot more workshops. So really kind of want to get a bit more intimate with it and be able to provide people with a few more resources. So I will be posting quite a lot about kind of these events and workshops, um, both on my Instagram and my LinkedIn. So uh, LinkedIn is just Connie Bolger. And my Instagram is Connie underscore Bolger. Oh, thank you so much, Connie. It's been great to have you today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me, Ishan. I hope today's episode has given you a few ideas on how you can approach your professional development, your resume and preparing your elevator pitch, whether it be for your job interview or a networking event. 
Speaking of networking, aside from meetup.com and Eventbrite, I also know that there are certain meetups that are organized through LinkedIn. So be sure to connect with people who are in the industry to find out what events that they attend. For this episode's show notes, visit digitallearners.co forward slash seven, where you can connect with Connie Bolger via her Instagram, LinkedIn, and find out about Interpro if you are considering a career in business intelligence, data science, or data analytics. That's digitallearners.co forward slash seven. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook where you can find us at Digital Learners Podcast and you can find show notes for every episode at digitallearners.co.